0: Welcome to season two of Little Grey Cells. (gasps) (laughs) Are you excited, Chris Thurston?
1: (laughs) I am. I'm excited, not a present.
0: Excellent. Uh, And I am Philippa War. Uh, We're starting off with Peril at End House. Indeed. Which is... Quite the episode, but we've decided to, um, to rejig how we do the podcast just because the episodes seem to be getting longer and longer and sort of going beat by beat didn't really seem to make sense. So, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna try sections. Indeed. Of, of varying types.
1: As in a first for the Creighton and Crowbar, uh, podcast c- network, if you can call it that, and you probably shouldn't, uh, we're gonna attempt structure.
0: Mm. Mm. So, so the first thing that i'd like to try we were toying with ways of putting a summary of the episode up front and mm. i was thinking about sort of a timed recap and one of the other podcasts i listen to and uh is excellent is uh harry potter in the sacred text which is uh vanessa zoltan and Casper uh, Tech Isles podcast, and at the beginning they do a thirty second recap each of whichever chapter they're talking about. So I thought we could try summarizing mm. intensely complicated Warrow plots in thirty seconds each, but um, there might be wiggle room if uh, episodes are ridiculously <laughs> long.
2: <laughs>
1: this is basically our only like; otherwise, we're going to be here for hours trying to remember the details of, as, particularly as these pirate episodes get towards feature length. Each. Each.
0: Mm. Um so this is
1: I think a good time to introduce a new way of doing this and I'm excited to find out if it's possible
0: do you want to go first Chris given oh, I, that you've got the timer
1: that I, I feel trapped
0: <laughs> I think
1: you've I, I got the timer ready so that you could go first
0: <laughs> interesting well shall we take it in turns yes and we could rock paper scissors for this I think first that's time. very reasonable okay is it
1: one round or best of three
0: uh, this is great. one because essentially best of three is just one but drawn out
1: okay and to clarify the winner gets to pick or the winner goes first
0: the winner gets to pick so okay. i'm assuming it's that they don't go first <laughs> good all right <laughs> so hang on it's, it's it'll be
1: so there'll be one two three then go okay, okay. so Wait, go on four basically. yeah right ready okay one two, two three four. mm both rock Oh, Interesting. Which,
0: yeah. Interesting.
1: <laughs> Welcome to this audio experience. Uh, okay, Let's try right. that again.
0: <laughs> one, two, three. But rock you again. Didn't, but you, I didn't. got the
1: timing wrong. Okay. Let's try it again.
0: <laughs> we both going can't going keep badly. picking rock, Pip. <laughs> okay. One, one two, two three. three. Yes, I kept oh,
1: picking rock, yeah, and then I, I won. You
0: would. <laughs> Fine. Pip, do you want to go first? Well, I mean, no. <laughs> so. I regret Good. this segment. Let's never do it again. <laughs>
1: what, well, rock, paper, scissors?
0: Mm, yes, I've um, never liked rock, paper, scissors. I okay. always sort of get stuck trying to outthink myself and then I forget mm. how to do it and then I'm just like, well, whatever shape my hand is closest to, I guess, is what I'll do. <laughs> so it always this, goes wrong. I,
1: the, the fact that your hand was closest to the universal scissors sign uh, is worrying to me.
0: Well,
2: if you turn it <laughs> the a quarter. V's. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um. Okay, so shall I time you as I you guess. attempt to summarize uh, Pyro's The Peril and oh, House in 30 seconds? Okay, uh, you ready?
0: D- give me a 3-2-1 yeah, go. Okay.
1: <laughs> 3 two, one, go.
0: Poirot and Hastings are on holiday in St. Lou on the Cornish coast where they meet uh, a, a woman called Nick uh, and become convinced that she's the target of a murder plot. Um And they hang out with her friends for a while and her friends are day drinking weirdos. Uh, and you find out that Nick's real name is Magdala and she's really poor. And her cousin Maggie comes down to stay, but Maggie gets killed um and she's distraught and uh, Nick is distraught and there's no point in living. So she goes off to a nursing home and hides out there and it, turns out that she was engaged to this seaplane guy called Michael Seaton who is dead and so she will inherit his money and then Miss Lemon arrives and Nick is poisoned and uh, she had chocolates and Mrs. Rice is a coke fiend and um, and, and uh, there's a seance uh, because uh, she is dead and then the will fakers get arrested and she comes back from the dead And but it was her all along and she has been framing other people for the murder and she tries oh she tries to uh, frame mrs rice and then she swans off to prison with a watch full of cocaine and then um she is uh, she uh, her her cousin will legally represent her but she'll be dead
1: okay so i i didn't i didn't stop you and that was a minute and 20 seconds
0: okay um, uh, I don't think you understood what I I meant by thirty seconds. I didn't.
1: I didn't <laughs> want to be. I I I didn't want to be rude. And but you point, were quite behind. by the, thirty seconds. The and-
0: point is that you hurry someone along. That's why it's like it's funny. You try and get as much in as possible. But um, that also. How long did you say?
1: A minute and twenty seconds.
0: Okay, that implies to me that thirty seconds was incredibly ambitious. I think. I
1: think it's very. I mean, this is this is what a ninety-minute television episode.
0: Yeah. I think that's it's probably a, ambitious. I don't know twenty-page chapter that they tend to do it for. So, Sh- shall we switch to sixty-second <laughs> recaps?
1: Yeah, sixty-second. <laughs> that's our new feature. That's on your adventure with structure. It's sixty-second <laughs> recaps now.
0: Yeah, because like otherwise, eighty-second recaps doesn't really make sense. I don't think.
1: No, well, you do I ninety was, seconds, I was and you'd speeding be speeding be...
0: up and speeding up, thinking you were going to tell me to stop every every and few seconds. I was,
1: I was struck, basically incapable by not knowing how to handle the fact that you were obviously not going to make it, but also <laughs> not wanting to be rude. Um, which is actually a sort of very Poirot kind of tension. Uh, mm. <laughs> I think
0: Poirot's fastidious. He'd just be like, no, nope, you're cut off. Oh no, I'm done. Hastings
1: in this, in this, in this imaginary <laughs> scenario. I'm definitely Hastings. Um,
0: <laughs> watches are a source of great, great contention across the whole episode.
1: Yeah. Well, they're, they're a source of great coke. um. <laughs>
0: Cool. Well, do you? Okay. So, do you want to try and do a sixty-second recap or an eighty-second
1: recap? Um, I mean, I, I will. I I, I want to respect the spirit of the original endeavour, and I can go for thirty if you if you think that's uh, appropriate. I
0: think that might be a disaster. Let's go for sixty. Okay, fine. <laughs>
1: um, uh, should I time myself? Would that be the easiest way?
0: I. Would I, you want to hold it? You. Okay,
1: fine. I'll, I'll hold it so we can. You know, you can see. I've got a stopwatch. Okay. Sorry, above board in a way that will not matter at all. <laughs>
0: You could always edit yourself down. I could do, yeah.
1: (laughs) 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 When this is perfect, listener, you'll know.
0: It's like 60 seconds on the dot with lots of jump cuts.
1: Okay. I'm going, I'm starting now. Oh, I forgot to count myself in, but I've, I've started now, so I'll just keep going. So uh, there's this woman called uh, Freddie Rice, and she's uh, a brilliant kind of debutante, kind of uh, sort of, not debutante, what do I mean? I mean sort of like scary 20s woman. That's what I mean. A f- sort of femme fatale type. Anyway, she's on holiday with her best mates who are all wasters, and, and she's with their toy boy. He's called Lazarus, which is a cool name, and Commander Challenger, which is an even better name. And anyway, they're with their friend, uh Bucky. Buc- bu- 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 I'm really bad at this. Buckley. Jack Buckley. Jack Buckley. Nick Buckley. Nick Buckley,
0: how are you doing for time, babe? <laughs> I'm
1: on thirty seconds already. And then, anyway, um, she lies about everything and right at the start of the episode. Uh, you know, she Freddie's all like she lies about everything to Pyro, and Pyro's like, no, she doesn't. This is probably very complicated. Anyway, at the end of the episode, it turns out she lied about everything, and it was her that done it. And um, then Pyro's like, she should probably well, you could take her to prison, or you could let her kill herself with this cocaine. And Pyro just lets her kill herself with that cocaine. And Japs like, that's fine. And then the episode ends. Fifty-five seconds.
0: <laughs> you did well jack buckley jack buckley (laughs) that famous name for the devil (laughs) old jack
1: (laughs) that's that's what all those whiskey posters are about right (laughs) satan um i don't think i did very well
0: i think you captured the spirit of the angry 20s woman (laughs) flapper
1: i did okay yeah i was struggling the the story of this podcast uh, we've been away for like six months and in that time i've learned no more words than i knew um
0: you've sort of forgotten a few as well i feel like you've definitely said flapper before i tried
1: (laughs) is the um is the the is the important thing
0: i like that you prioritize freddie in this i freddie's my favorite character
1: in it um and but also because so a, a little confession time we could just move into a discussion of the episode now as we kind of you know chat yeah i don't know if that adequately fulfills the requirement of a, of a, of a plot summary strictly
0: i think that we both had diff we had different facets of the same story
1: and that's that's important <laughs> that's is it
0: the viewer experience i
1: would definitely recommend and it's possibly too late for this now but maybe if this is the format we're going for yeah. it'd be a good idea if people are watching along to kind of watch first and then listen if that makes sense i think it's probably what people were doing anyway but, yeah,
0: because otherwise we've just ruined the entire. That's thing. true.
1: <laughs> that is true. In fact, well, one of the reasons for doing it this way is like I think on the last season we always struggled with the fact that we didn't feel like we could reveal who'd done it till the end. That's true. And then, um, uh, so now we 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 have done it. They've mm. done it. Mm. Who done it? We done it. They done it um
0: rather than mm, like going too far into meta podcasting territory yeah that's true
1: i love talking about structure
0: (laughs) well shall we just like did you like this episode because we've seen it twice now sort of by accident (laughs) yeah that's
1: what i was going to say we've seen it twice by accident um and the first time i was sort of uh quite lost and confused by it Mm. um so as you said in your in your excellent recap uh this is an episode where pyro <laughs> excellent
0: and hastings and incredibly over-long
1: yeah, sort of pyro and hastings are on holiday and um all of the holiday episodes are good that's one of my pyro kind of mm. the- theories and this episode is full of very good poirot and co moments
0: yeah the whole co is there the whole
1: gang is there um but the mystery that surrounds it i initially found to be a bit meandering and not hard to follow but like like just sort of so reliant on seemingly reliant on just sort of happenings that seem to come mm. from sort of nowhere, like seaplane guy and the, 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 and the, the Australians uh, that are, that, you know, in, in the show's own very meta moment, you know, the, the Crofts who live on her, on, on uh, Nick's grounds, are um, are these comedy Australians that, um, are so unconvincing, uh, when they, you know, make Poirot look at 5,000 snipshots of Australia, the, uh, and that, that is me doing a bad Australian accent, because that's what it sounds like. Like, um, you know. Saying
0: cooey a lot. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, Hastings even says, like, they seem very unconvincing.
0: No, no, he says, they're just typical Australians. Oh, yeah, and then Poirot <laughs> and says. And that's what prompts Pro- Poirot to be, like, a little too typical, basically. Yeah, which
1: is almost meta. It's almost Poirot saying, like, well. That's yes, because mm. it wasn't very good.
0: It's like, are these red herrings obviously red herrings or are they secretly not red herrings? In this well, scenario? exactly.
1: Uh, and so, and so all of this, so the whole thing is is a little bit of a mess. And then, but actually on a second viewing, I really liked it because it actually, so I think Poirot is a much weirder show than, uh, uh well, it is, we know it's a weird show, but like. I think if you take some time away from it, you forget that it's first and foremost, a a weird show. (laughs) And and then secondly, a mystery show.
0: (laughs) Which specific bits have made you decide it's a weird show?
1: Because this whole thing is when you watch it, knowing what happened, knowing that, um, knowing that Nick, uh, Magdala Buckley.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, knowing that she's lying to Poirot the entire time, the entire episode becomes pretty compelling because her, like she actually becomes a kind of nemesis. Like she's almost like a kind of Moriarty in this, right? She, Mm. like as Poirot says at the very end of the episode, she almost gets away with it. And, and that mystery is like, it's like, it's very, it's very much layered. There's the, the side plot of who's smuggling the cocaine and, and what, what's the deal with the watches and all this stuff. Um, and all of that stuff resolves in this almost like, again, subversion of the Poirot kind of, I mean, the ending's bizarre. Well, I'd like to hear you talk about that, but like it ends with like almost everybody getting arrested. Mm. Like, and, and th- at the center of this sort of web of confusing overlapping mysteries is this extraordinary liar <laughs> who has basically been uh, stringing Poirot along from the very start of the episode. And when you watch it knowing that, it's very compelling because you're watching Poirot get completely led astray. And it's, when I say it's a weird show, it's because it's a show that is about its you know, the head de- lead detective who in, in this episode is arrogant enough to have Part- Hastings introduce him as the greatest detective in the world.
0: Except Hastings doesn't do that. And he gets really angry and introduces himself as the greatest detective in the world. And Hastings is like, well, it doesn't seem much point in me doing that now because you've stepped in. Well, that's the thing,
1: right? When you first watch that scene and that's very early in, in well, after he's just met uh Nick, um after um when you first watch that scene, it's a funny scene. Poirot and Hastings are funny together. When you watch it again and you know that she knows exactly who he is and that she is completely pulling the rug over, over his eyes.
0: <laughs> the wool. <laughs>
1: the the rug out from under his eyes. Um, <laughs> you, it, it takes on this whole other cast and I really like that about it.
0: Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's one of those ones which... When you watch it a second time, you have the luxury of picking up other people's actually in-character good acting. Mm. But when you're watching it as... A first time viewer or somebody who has completely forgotten the plot line Mm. um, you (laughs) you sort of you miss a bunch of the things because for example her cousin Maggie who is the actual Magdala that the guy was engaged to and who should have inherited his fortune is um, she's really quiet at dinner and stuff and it's because she's really worried about her fiance and how he is missing at sea presumed dead Mm. and you know it's it's one of those things where you know she's noticeably quiet when his name comes up at dinner but only noticeably quiet in the context of knowing that that it's actually about her rather than than about Nick. Uh, w- whereas, if you're watching it the first time around, Nick just sort of absorbs all of the attention. And I sort of mm. I wonder whether, as an adaptation, it would have worked better. I mean, the whole point of a Who Done It is to try and figure out Who Done It. But I wonder whether dramatically it would have worked better as a kind of face-off between the two. But I guess mm. you know that Poirot's always going to win, so I guess it just yeah. then becomes a Why Done It or like a how. Mm. So yeah. The other thing is do you think that it holds up at all, or do you think there's too much happenstance?
1: I so I think there are a few moments of uh very um there are a few things that don't hold up. But actually mm. the first time I saw it, I, I was quite fixated on the things that I didn't think quite made sense. Second time I wasn't so bothered by them. One thing is that so at the beginning of the episode, uh, you know, Warrow twists his ankle, just happens to be helped up by Uh, Nick, although you could say that she was waiting for an opportunity to meet him as part of her plot, that, that's fine. Mm. Um, and then she's sat and she gets sort of, uh, so this is just to sort of map it out. This is, this is the introduction to the mystery. Um, ostensibly what happens is someone shoots at her, the bullet whizzes through her bonnet, um, her hat. She thinks it's a bee and then Poirot finds the bullet in some nearby bushes. Um, but what i what was obviously actually happened is she's shown up with a hat that already has a hole in it and she places the bullet in the bushes as a, as a kind of thing. This is so weird to me that Poirot would even be fooled by the first, like what actually happens. Like, mm. you know, there's so many different mystery shows and, and, and mysteries are predicated on ballistics, basically how a gun work
2: mm. and
1: this just doesn't make any sense. No one is going to mistake a bullet flying past their face for the fastest bee in the world. Um no one is it's going like to
0: are a bee so fast it burns a hole through your hat.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like she goes, "Oh, these damned bees, like that's not that's not a reasonable thing." You know, she could have said like, "Oh, I th- you know, a pebble just went past my face." You know, anything other than mm. uh, "Wow, a, a fast metal bee." The other thing is that a bullet doesn't then, uh, if a bullet is whizzed past someone fast enough for them to not see it and to tear a hole in their hat, it doesn't come to a rest ten feet away mm. in the bushes. It keeps; it's a bullet; it, it will keep going.
0: Really? And- I mean, if the trajectory is down, I suppose
1: it depends on the trajectory. But yeah. it did, it just it, you know what I mean. It's kind of weird, and also they, I think they rely on the noise of a passing seaplane to disguise what to account for the fact that no one heard the shot. Mm. But again, yeah, like it, 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 like someone somewhere would have heard it. <laughs> They're in a packed hotel garden
0: yeah the waiter is so busy he can't attend to poirot yeah like someone someone somewhere
1: would have been closer to the gun than to the seaplane so
0: (laughs) yeah but i suppose they don't ask
1: well exactly it's predicated on like that's a reasonable question to ask (laughs) rather than going to the house to return the hat to find out if there's a problem yeah just go around the hotel and say did anyone fire a gun
0: I suppose they don't like hotels don't hysterically react well to that kind of thing in Poirot. Like he gets a lot of license to investigate things because hotels want to keep things on the down low. That's true. Because it's bad for business if guests start getting bumped off.
1: The other thing is when she invites Maggie, real slash sort of Magdala one, um, to dinner mm. and they um a the thing I like about genuinely like about it is the fact that um Freddie and Commander Challenger and uh Jim Lazarus are, like, they are so obviously suspicious um because they're, uh, you know, they're kind of having a good time, doing coke, dancing in the living room, obviously sinister somehow. But actually, when you watch... But it, they're
0: just mean-girling Hastings, really, y- well, are yeah, they? Yeah, I want to get to that.
1: <laughs> but, like, knowing... When you know that they're innocent, it's really interesting how many times their natural, particularly Freddie's natural kind of curiosity, mm. almost scuppers the plan. Because she says to Hastings straight... Uh, she says to Hastings, oh you know uh, Nick's a tremendous liar I don't believe a word of it yeah. which is if that is true um and then um when they're at dinner with Mag- with uh, with Maggie um she says oh you know that Seaton man don't you to mm. uh, to Nick and if if uh Maggie who's actually engaged to him were mm. to say at that moment even though she's shy and retiring oh i'm engaged to him yeah. i'm worried about- you know if she so just that moment to confide i'm engaged to him and i'm worried he won't come back then
0: yeah or if she'd burst into tears and run out of the room yeah if she'd
1: done anything other than turn to hastings and change the subject
0: yeah i think as well that's also when freddie says why are you wearing that you never wear black and it's because she's trying to look the same as maggie so that maggie can plausibly be mistaken for her and killed
1: yeah exactly
0: so it's it's kind of like shut up, Freddie, stop talking.
1: <laughs> but then I think like when I talk about it being a weird show, I think what I mean is that like actually those details and like who notices what is kind of what this episodes about. Mm. like Freddie is interesting because she's a kind of louche sort of coke fiend um, who seems very kind of like she's got something to hide and she does mm. but also, Every time she makes an observation in the episode, she's completely correct.
0: Yeah. And I've written here that she's being vampy AF. She is vampy breakfast. as AF. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but she's right. Like the entire episode, she's right and she points out the right things and she's yeah. kind of ignored. And then at the end, she stays completely silent, while some pretty bad things happen. Mm. Um, and, um, but, and the rest of the episode has this brilliant bickering between Poirot and Hastings, which is what? mostly, Hastings? which is mostly just an hour and a half of Poirot dunking on Hastings.
0: He's- so mean in this episode, he is. I don't like it.
1: And I, the thing, I, but the thing I do like about it is that because you know, Paro says it's so harsh. He says like, "Oh, Hastings, you are like a flare when you say something. I know the truth is in the opposite direction, or something like that." Oh, we should
0: we should get to that with the recurring characters section, totally. Yeah, but
1: given, but Paro is genuinely kind of humbled in this episode because mm. he is legit wrong until the last five minutes
0: yeah yeah i think um there were a few things that stood out to me like the the australian stuff was a total side plot that was just a bit frustrating it didn't really i mean it had a comedy moment where they get caught out during the seances oh you know they forged the will and tried to inherit all of the money um But, and, you know, then when they're getting arrested, Burt says, we, you know, we forged the will. We didn't kill anyone. (laughs) 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 And it's like, oh, (laughs) but. Um, but otherwise, I found that just a bit of a a loose thread, I guess.
1: It's very wonky, that whole thing. I think, but I think it's because they kind of, they shouldn't have gone there with Pyro saying, I don't think they're very convincing. Like, you know, there's a, it's a hinted at that maybe they're not there pretending that, you know, yeah. there's somebody else in disguise. They're only pretending to be Australian. Like that's a bit too hanging a lampshade on it to the fact that you then, you, you, you're suspicious of more than simply their motivations. yeah You're suspicious of the actors playing the characters in the show. And when it turns out that it's, oh, that's just actors being playing characters in the show, you risk the whole thing coming down at that point. Right. So yeah, just feel I very suppose. sloppy for that reason.
0: And there were just a few other things like, you know, there's so at the end when um when poro is basically telling the cousin lawyer charles that actually it won't be a horrible trial with a need for a costly legal defense because she'll probably overdose on coke from the watch that he allowed her to pick up jap is still in the room like why yeah
1: right
0: <laughs> and and then he's just like, yeah, we take a dim view of coke smuggling, and that's when he leads um Commander Challenger off. So right, it's yeah. like, how about, Jimmy Jap, you go on down to the police station quicker than that and, and take her watch off her? Like, no, stop this. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um But yeah, and there were a few other things like Uh, the the housekeeper and um her husband they it says that they've attested the will and it's like it's a will that's about five lines long on a single sheet of paper and apparently they've attested it but if it's a forgery when it's read out they are literally at the table they could go that's not what we signed
1: that's true yeah
0: she didn't hand over her (laughs) stuff to these people this is ridiculous I don't understand that. And I, I haven't, I haven't actually read this book. So I can't vouch for whether it is explained better or, or not in the, in the books. I don't know. So, and there's a few other things, like, you know, they, like Nick relies really heavily on Poirot, you know, going through all of her things to find the, the love letters in her knicker drawer like she sort of essentially takes a gamble Mm. that he's going to go through all of her things and find the letters that she's presumably stolen from her newly dead cousin to and
1: why did the cousin have the letters with her when she lives in yorkshire well
0: presumably she wanted to have i don't know a memento of her fiance while she's still hoping that he's alive or something i guess so yeah but that's just, it, it. it's such a kind of, it's It's not a, a cog in a machine that will definitely work. It, these are things that happen to have happened, but I don't think any self-respecting duplicitous murderess is going to bank on them. And the other thing is, like, she genuinely takes a, coke overdose through those chocolates that she sent herself. Mm. So like and the doctors are like yeah she's got a 50 50 chance of survival and it's like okay maybe she's sort of you know knows enough about coke to know that she's probably okay she's but it's
2: like
1: the last few years developing an immunity to no because she powder. hasn't
0: has she because well, or has she well i suppose but freddie sends her a letter to be like don't touch the stuff you know yeah, yeah. Like, you're so wise to stay away darling so you know but anyway you know it's she's taken enough that she needs to have her stomach pumped by like 1920s medicine
1: and a man with a snorkel apparently
0: (laughs) and so you're kind of like okay well i that's a thing that could also have gone rather wrong so
1: yeah i think that's the thing is it doesn't really work if you put it all like that which is fair but (laughs) the thing that gets me about it is that like almost every individual scene in this episode has something about it which is weird or like a line that really stands out Mm. in a way that has a kind of it's intentional in a way that means I sort of enjoy it and this is what I mean when I say that it's a weird show yeah like it's like every single part of that show why does it start on a plane and then when they subsequently need to go back to London quickly does Hastings get put on a train Aww. like what what you know it starts on a plane just so you have the funny exchange between power and Hastings which is kind of what the show's about and Maybe
0: it's to like introduce the idea of aviation to the thing you know so I suppose yeah sort of starting planes plane wow. and and the idea that they're a bit rickety, and we're, you know, because otherwise, I think the Michael Seaton stuff might have just got lost in the
1: yeah. And they also remind you: here's a seaplane just flying overhead at one point. Yeah. The, um, and like, there's just so many good lines in it, though. Like, there's, there's, uh, I'm not even getting into the, the, you know, the recurring characters whose dynamic we're invested in. Just moments like um, when uh, I think it's Commander Challenger is explaining the plight of Michael Seaton's rich uncle Philip.
0: It's so good. Who gave
1: up on women. To found a bird sanctuary, and, and and in his words, um, some girl cheated him once, so he took to Gannets, which is the best fucking phrase. And I think it's Clive Exton who adapts these. If that's in the original, amazing. If it's not in the original, amazing. Like, um, did
0: you clock that Michael Seaton's plane is called the Albatross? Yeah, well. exactly. So it's kind of like you know, women will let you down, birds won't, and then <laughs> oh, irony of irony. <laughs>
1: exactly yeah and like and the fact that that's actually true that's not just a story like that comes back again in the letters and the love letters it's like well my uncle won't like it because he only likes gannets (laughs) um the um and like um and just so much good stuff like um i think i think another good commander challenger line later on which is when pyro explains to him why he can't go visit uh why he can't go visit nick in hospital because if he can go anyone can go and he just sort of thinks about it for a moment and goes they like flowers don't they (laughs) The implication being women, and then just drives <laughs> off. There's so much weird characterization in it, and it's really watchable as a result.
0: I like how later, when he's sent flowers, he's like, I don't know, fruit next? Is fruit next on the list of things that <laughs> they like? <laughs> uh, Maybe.
1: I'm avoiding all of the good Hastings lines because oh, I figure we might so get many to of them.
0: them.
1: Um, and and oh, some other good extra Also,
0: we do really need to talk about. Um, mrs rice though a little bit more just because of how amazing is the scene when she's sort of like grieving slash massively hungover, and she's essentially wearing sunglasses in bed in her hotel room yeah exactly she is
1: she is ready to either uh kill someone in a 20s drama or edit vogue like those (laughs) are the two things she's ready for
0: she's so great she's
1: great the entire episode and when you know when you're, I mean, um, she's literally a red herring and like when, when you.
0: She's, well, she's not a red herring in the sense that the Crofts are. She's, she's the person that uh, Nick is setting up.
2: Right. Because yeah. she
0: frames, she puts the gun in her pocket for, you know, during the seance and it happens to be that Jap is standing mm. behind a screen in the most oh, hilarious... <laughs> we
1: need to move on to talking about Obvious the core um
0: But, uh, just before we do, um, but yeah, so uh, we also find out that uh, Nick Nick phoned mrs rice to say could you send me some chocolates mm. as a kind of you know she the idea i guess is that that she got the chocolates sent to
2: mm.
0: nick uh, or that they were going to find out that mrs rice put the order in and then yeah, forged yeah. poirot's handwriting or so i i got the sense that that was supposedly part of nick's plan but it hadn't really counted on mrs rice being quite as direct because she's also just the sort of person that will go up to borrow and be like hi uh it can't have been me because i'm having an affair and i'm you know having an affair with a rich man so yeah.
2: anyway bye you
0: know i don't need the money anyway farewell
1: yeah it, it's so good i also like the bit where, she, where there's multiple scenes take place of next to commander Challenger's boat i like the bit where she walks over the corner because she's clearly there to get her cocaine for the day <laughs> And she sort of stops, and then she goes anyway. And it's yeah. really good.
0: And she's like, uh, "Can I have my watch back? Uh, it was problematic." And then a pun that she made to Hastings comes back to haunt her because, you know, he says, "Do they keep good time these watches?" And she's like, oh, and "They keep the most amazing time." time and then dances around the living room because they're full of cocaine. Yeah, but they can't really say that. So she's like, "Oh yeah, the um, the the strap thing was broken." Anyway, bye. I need to go for a, for a lie down. <laughs> weird show. Mm. So yeah, do you want to do recurring cast or would you like to talk about Poirot's decision making at the end I feel
1: like we need to talk about decision making at the end at the end because okay. it's quite a heavy topic and I want to yeah. I want to get through the the fun. The
0: fun. Shall we talk about the and co part of Poirot and Co?
1: Yeah, cuz this is like initially it promises and delivers on the promises of a very good Hastings episode, but oh, not for Hastings. Okay. Uh, but for, for everyone else.
0: Poor Hastings!
1: Uh, we should obviously talk about that, but then in a kind of series of surprise reveals it delivers on both Jap and Lemon fronts. Oh,
0: so good. Miss Lemon is so good. It's like the Avengers
1: coming together in this and we each get a moment of doing something really dumb.
0: Oh, all amazing. Where do you want to start?
1: I think we should talk about Hastings and the fact that his job in this show is to say, I say, in at least <laughs> every scene.
2: Oh,
0: he's not getting a good, good time of it in this episode. I would say he's ostensibly there on holiday and <laughs> the worst.
1: Poirot is
0: basically like, trail around after me, introduce me in spectacular fashions, and then do my bidding when I put you on a train that you don't know about until a minute before he honestly, like,
1: in my notes, I wrote Hastings social anxiety ASMR. Cause that I think is actually what a big chunk of this episode amounts to. He's consistently undermined by Poirot. Mm. The joke at the end of the episode hinges on the fact that Hastings being stupid means he can have two ice creams. Um, the, uh, the, you know,
0: I don't think that's a mean one. I think that's no. just a kind of, oh, ha, ha, ha.
1: um, he doesn't really have anyone to talk to on his own level until Miss Lemon shows up
2: because mm.
1: that is the ship that will not sink. And, um, and he like, and he's, it's just full of these amazing non sequiturs, like very early on when they hear the, the news about Captain Seaton and maybe he's vanished. And he says, and he says, because is so unremittingly optimistic and says like, there's still hope for the man. He could have crashed landed on a, on an Island somewhere to which, um, Paro, who by this point in the episode is still only talking in single words at the time says, cannibals to which, to which Hastings replies, I say makes you proud to be an Englishman, which is just the most Hastings, most Hastings thing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's very
1: oh. that entire incredible scene where he uh, Poirot abandons him in the dining room full of flappers, and he has to entertain himself first by attempting to talk about cars, mm. and then the next thing he can think to talk about, which is the watches on the table, while being ignored by cooler kids for the entire scene.
0: I know. And it's
1: heartbreaking because it's just it's like, like when include the him.
0: Playgroup is being pushed off to the side, and you're like, no. Why is no one letting you play?
1: And then he gets in a huff when Pyro's mean to him, understandably. But yeah, then immediately comes really around
0: on it. Really mean, <laughs> yeah.
1: He's
2: well-
0: basically this is the thing that you mentioned earlier when he says. Oh, when you have an idea, the other thing's probably right. And it's like, that's horrible. That's a horrible thing to say, even though it's entirely true, episode in, episode out. Yeah, well, Hastings
1: is sort of like a bit of a chaos element in this, because he's actually sort of, he's right and wrong throughout, like, Mm. he thinks, he thinks Commander Challenger must be completely squeaky clean and spotless because he's in from the Navy. Well,
0: he's a commander. Yeah, and
1: Hastings (laughs) is a captain, so there's something else. But then, um, but then he says, you know, oh, well, you know, uh, Miss Rice says that uh you know she says that uh ja- Nick is a, terrific, a ter- liar. terrific liar. Yeah. And which is the, you know if if yeah. if Poirot listened to him then then that's the entire episode over basically. So yeah, yeah. he
0: tends to be there to act as Poirot's eyes and ears as well like so Poirot will often leave him in a in a place because what Hastings will inadvertently find out and tell him about in the manner of sort of just casual chat is often the key to the thing. It's just that Hastings wouldn't know it.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. It's very
0: sweet. And then but, there's the yeah. firework
1: display and Pyro's just like turning his nose about it and, and says something dismissive and then Hastings just replies blithely, I like the different coloured ones.
0: Yeah, Pyro's like, oh. finding it really monotonous and his feet are getting cold and Hastings is like, it's lovely.
1: I, I love it because they are C-3PO and R2-D2.
0: Oh,
1: There's the small cantankerous comp- comp- super competent one and C-3PO. <laughs> like.
0: oh, love Hastings so much <laughs> oh but that that's so sad when Miss Lemon turns up and you know I, I get the feeling that he thinks that they're gonna
1: she'll gonna, save the holiday
0: like go off and, and hang out and then Poirot's like well you're not getting in the cab you're going to London to check in on someone this lawyer guy it's not
1: even that he says well your job your special job Hastings is yeah. to find this lawyer and persuade him to tell him that the other will exists and then Hastings thinks for a moment and goes but that's in London
0: yeah
1: and Poirot's only replies yep there's a train in nine- and it's off you go seven seven if
0: you get the train to to plymouth in seven minutes then you can get the train to london and, and it's he's... like well you haven't given him tickets so you've basically stuck him with a massive train bill as well but oh no. although oh and that's just after miss lemon has arrived and they've had their little catch-up chat about doctors and things and oh, no. oh and her ruse takes in <laughs> hours
1: after the fact
0: i know because she's turned up at um dr mcallister i think his name is um his surgery on harley street um he is challenger's uncle and whom it transpires he has been getting the drugs from mm. um but it's also where lots of well-to-do women uh pretend that they have been diagnosed with hysteria but they've actually just been diagnosed with wanting coke and go for like 30-second appointments to pick up, you know, their new stash. Um But Miss Lemon goes along and tells him that she's been experiencing sort of depression and sort of sleep disruption. And Hastings is like, oh, no, are you all right? And it's like, oh, it was a ruse, Captain Hastings. Bless you. And it's like, but it's just so heartfelt and so sweet. It's like, oh. It's the best. It's so nice.
1: Is that a good point to jump off onto Miss Lemon's role in this episode
0: <gasps> oh so good I love Miss Lemon anyway mm.
1: Mm. it's because you basically are Miss Lemon
0: <laughs> really into filing yeah <laughs> yeah go on which part stood so out to I you I like that she's not
1: really in her element here because she's away from the filing cabinet mm. but it's the fact that as soon she's as
0: she- probably con- continually reorganizing things in her head
1: it's, it's basically the fact that she's given she's obviously told to come out by Poirot having done some investigation that you don't see back home in London mm. Then she's given nothing to do to the point that she falls asleep while Pyro paces around in front of, uh, Nick's hospital bed. Mm. Um, and then, then she's not let in on, on Pyro's ruse about faking Nick's death at all. Yeah. So she's sort of left alone. And then, um, Pyro basically sits in his room and, and, you know, ruminates. And Wounds. Yeah. And then finally Pyro, Hastings gets back. So he has someone to talk to and she has someone to talk to. And she sits in the, she sits in the hotel kind of restaurant. Um, Basically like, I thought he was going to take me out to dinner, but he didn't. <laughs> um, it's
0: like, priorities, Miss Lemon. And
1: then, and so, you know, she's just sat there, sort of, with nothing to do. And then are oh, the most amazing conversation when her and Hastings get on to talking about what different names can be shortened to, <laughs> which turns out to be key to the whole mystery. Yeah. And, but it's, and only, it only works and it's only not contrived because it's like, oh, this is what they talk about.
0: Yeah. When they Ma- just, Poirot wasn't around. They are the absolute epitome of work colleagues who just jabber about absolute nonsense. It's the actual definition of small talk. It's, yeah. You know, it's like, oh what's your name but they're all name? so sweet oh, together as well a, you know it's you know elizabeth has lots of short names and then instead of just letting that be the observation it's like you know starting to list all of <laughs> yeah. the different abbreviations and you know what about her hercule oh, and then Herc?
1: <laughs> if you thought the problem at sea's bizarre ventriloquist dummy performance was the most unnecessary bit of showmanship on poirot's part <sighs> this actually beats it
0: no I think it still is because there is still a ventriloquist's dummy involved
1: but this is even better he tells he stages a seance where Miss Felicité Le Mans is the, you know... Uh, medium. The medium, but doesn't tell her really that he's going to he do this. I he could have
0: let her in on that. Yeah,
1: because he doesn't let Hastings in on it, I think, but Hastings is like, yes, we'll do this then. And it's because
0: at- he's not being stitched up for once. Yeah, like,
1: oh, it's not my turn. <laughs> I
0: know. Um,
1: and obviously, obviously, uh, Nick knows because she's in on it. She's there to pretend to be a ghost in a slightly yeah. lower frame rate bit of footage that you splice in. And like...
0: And a wafty scarf. A
1: wafty scarf. <laughs> um And, um but they... <laughs> but, but Pyro basically just drops her in this and the entire route would fall apart if she just turned around went what
0: (laughs) well she does a little bit it's just hastings talks over her and being miss lemon she just sort of goes with it because she's a legend yeah but it's i think even if he hadn't told her that nick was still alive he definitely could have told her you're going to hold a seance
1: yeah but also 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 there's no point in the seance at all. There's arguably a point in the ventriloquist dummy. Yeah. In that the point is to, uh, because he knows that the killer knows that the killer used ventriloquism in that, uh you know, throwing I his still voice.
0: think you didn't need to stage a ventriloquist well, show.
1: no, but the point is to indicate something very specific about the way the murder was done. Right.
0: Yeah. I guess
1: nothing about this is, is relevant.
0: Yeah. But I think Poirot loves the seance. It does, yeah. And also, maybe it was a way of not having everybody like scramble to leave the room when they might have been being caught in. But a the line. police
1: are outside
0: i don't know like there is no good also jap must
1: be in on this, this because jap's waiting outside with the police he's
0: probably just eye rolling like oh let him do his thing yeah. otherwise he'll be in a right mood don't
1: worry like, so if a uh, policeman if you're wandering the grounds and you see the literal woman you think has been murdered walking around uh, walking around inside wearing a big scarf ready to burst into a room don't worry that's part of the police plan <laughs>
0: To be fair, Jap is, is drawing a blank on this one. He has he definitely nothing. come over to Poirot at breakfast once or twice and been like, so any leads? <laughs> so let's talk about Jap. Spicky. Wait wait no I just okay. want to cuz Poirot isn't I mean he doesn't quite fit into this um into this segment but it's very much a Poirot at ease with his companions thing where he's eating breakfast and in the same tone of voice that he talks about very serious murder things he's like I cannot eat these two eggs they are completely different sizes and, and pushes them away a little <laughs> I think afterwards. that's our manic
1: pixie dream detective moment of the week um
0: but yes, Jap.
1: Jap shows up because Jap needs to be in this episode.
0: To but, be fair, it is a murder but plot.
1: But does he not have something better to do? They're in Cornwall.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like and
1: he, he stays in a shit hotel by the gas station.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think and
1: maybe walks he around just achieving nothing. to get
0: out of the city for a little bit. He goes you know, paddling uh, by accident. Yeah.
1: I that is a good that's a genuinely good bit of his like just sight Yeah, gag.
0: and he has a really good trench coat by the beach, kind of you know absolutely overdressed mentality and we find
1: obviously. that his first name
0: yeah James, James
1: in the same conversation about what different names shorten to
0: mm-hmm. um
1: I do like the bit where uh he's talking to the kind of uh like Cornish police officer um or equally useless policeman um and they're on he's the-
0: just kind of like he's a bit out of his depth, but he's fine, he's just like you yeah. know this isn't his. And Strong all all seat.
1: of the the bobbies are kind of combing for evidence and just poking rocks with sticks and things. And the coroner is looking says, for the gun. Aren't yeah, they? he says like he says, Oh, you think the murderer threw the gun in the sea?" And Jap says, "Yeah, probably." <laughs> and then um and then and then he says, "All right, lads, keep your eyes down." And then steps steps in the, a huge like yeah, tidal current uh, by himself uh, and then have to shake his shit off that, it's that's that's a good.
0: wave isn't it yeah that's
1: good tidal wave that's what that's called a
0: tidal current a yeah. huge tidal current a
1: large splashy ingress
0: a man who doesn't live by the sea <laughs> i grew up by, by the water. sea
1: <laughs> you wouldn't believe wow. it now no um, you've
0: forgotten all you've learned
1: so that's that is the, the supporting cast, and it's a good episode for all of them. Oh no, hang on, we can't talk about that. Jap's amazing stealth.
0: Yeah, he is just standing behind a screen that is smaller than he is, so his eyes and hat poke. A mustache, the top, <laughs> and he just watches a murderer place a gun in and doesn't
1: arrest them poke. then and there.
0: Well, and also then, <laughs> as part of the denouement, she takes the gun out of the pocket, and it's like, well, okay, well now no fingerprints great like, yeah oh god <laughs> fantastic poirot handles the gun awesome you thank know god more fit, <laughs>
1: thank god he can fit so many silent bobbies in the japmobile
0: oh it's so, <laughs> oh anyway mm, they must have had two cars
1: can we talk about extras a week
0: yeah go on
1: do you have there any are candidates so many
0: candidates there are quite a few good candidates in this okay i'm gonna name a few
1: okay let's so, see if we have the same
0: list there is bike guy
1: bike guy is top very tight there to the top is the list.
0: hotel porter guy which one the uh guy who was took delivery of the chocolates
1: oh the well they came in a big red car
2: guy <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: there is um the policeman i think the the policeman who, because he manages to say who are when he's saying yes to japs questions <laughs> With a straight face and make it sound not utterly contrived and weird.
1: So, if you if you if you bought the episode and you missed Distracting Bike Man, mm-hmm. he occurs in the scene immediately after they get uh, Lazarus to talk about the sending of the chocolates. Uh Parra and Hastings are just walking down the street and a guy's just freewheeling with his legs out both sides of his bike doing big, big swerves down the road. There's no reason for it, it, but someone it's- must have directed him to do that or otherwise that extra went rogue.
0: Yeah, or they didn't notice or they couldn't afford to do a reshoot. Yeah, like- <laughs> <laughs> you might as well just
1: be doing it, like, some fucking wheelies on a BMX for as incongruous <laughs> as it is.
0: Oh, and there's also the lady at um, the tea shop who's feeding her pug. I was going to say her
1: plate. or the pug eating a yeah. scone, But we are missing... <laughs> the best incongruous character in the entire episode
0: who's that
1: it is uh young young wilson
0: <gasps> oh, the boy i like watching pigs be killed i do <laughs> he's
1: like the, the, so it was one scene where the, so jap goes to talk to the um the silent uh sort of gardener yeah the husband of the the maid uh, and house <laughs> and he's with his son and and he and it's just like that's a, over there's where the the murder was done My dad lets me see pigs get murdered, and I like it. But the lady was shot; she was didn't have her throat slit like a pig does. I love it when that happens.
0: It's so weird. Never
1: revisited. You never see the character again, and
0: uh, I am just convinced we're going to see that child in an episode in a later season. I hope so. Having murdered someone, but
1: surely that makes him the primest candidate for extra of the week. To join the hallowed hall of other extras of the week because he's in one scene and. Bike, so bike guy, bike guy. So I think maybe there's two. There's two sides to this.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
1: most incongruous
2: just character. It depends,
0: like because if it's extra, as in like not a speaking role extra, then it's bike guy. If it's speaking role, then that complicates me.
1: It does. I think. I think there's almost two different awards. Um, Murder Boy right gets the why did you write this
0: award <laughs>
1: for why is this in the script it doesn't go anywhere <laughs> whereas bike man gets the you know just live just then give
0: jap a horrible moment <laughs> yeah
1: bike guy gets the live your 10 seconds award yeah for, uh, like the man who runs off down the boat and has to keep going yeah. like for just just owning an extremely simple thing okay and i love both of those and i honestly can't really pick between them because i love physical comedy and i also apparently just love love it when i don't understand why someone's written something
0: i am going to go with bike guy because that's more about his performance than the lines
1: true yeah
0: so i'm gonna go for bike guy all right
1: maybe i'll go bike guy as well good job bike guy (laughs) you you weirdly swerved your way (laughs) out of that little side street and into our hearts
0: I'm like, this isn't related to, to this stuff, but like, I it's, it I'm glad that we no longer have family names in the way that they seem doing this, you know, having like a cousin called Chris Thurston and an uncle called Chris Thurston, <laughs> yeah. like that would probably get weird. Mm. Like, you know, I think that would, that would complicate matters.
1: It would, yeah. It'd make me a lot easier to murder. <laughs>
0: Make you a prime candidate if you got engaged to a rich sea captain.
1: Just you wait.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) this will end badly for you.
1: (laughs) And I'll determine exactly when and how I'm murdered. Okay. Um, Good. (laughs) Shall we talk about Pyro's weird decision making?
0: Yes. Yes, let's.
1: So... The entire end of the episode is super weird for lots of reasons that we've already discussed.
0: The tonal shift to the, to yeah. the ice cream is definitely. Oh
1: god, <laughs> yeah, because we go from the moment we're about to discuss to ice creams and laughing on the beach. Mm. But Pyro basically fully gives, and it's, it's it's actually a nicely shot, nicely constructed scene where Pyro gives uh, Nick license to to kill herself, basically to to take the watch because he and, and it's it's interestingly staged so that you watch both Poirot and Freddie watch mm. her take the watch, knowing what that means. Yeah. And other characters aren't aware, like necessarily what that means in that moment. And something passes between them, this sort of implicit. Um, and it's this thing, again, it speaks to a broader point about Poirot where he, he, not the only time this will happen, where he has a soft spot for sort of young women in impossible positions, even though he's doesn't have sympathy here, but that's a tricky thing to navigate. Like there's a sense that he likes her, even though,
0: you know, I'd- he has a real soft spot, like for, for, yeah, niece figures, I guess. Is yeah. Probably the, and this is the, this
1: is, niece this is figures. dark, like what that means, you know? Mm.
0: He has a very sort of, um, his sense of justice and like the way that situations resolve neatest and actual judicial practice do not always align and it's kind of interesting watching that because it sort of um it's this thing where Poirot is it shows his ego more than mm. anything else. Cause every other time it manifests, it's, um, it tends to be in these humorous exchanges with Hastings or in, you know, things that the audience can, can at least laugh at. Um, but in this, it's like, okay, well I get to decide that this woman is allowed to essentially escape the hangman's noose. He actually says that it's a better end than that. Um, Whereas, you know, Jap is somebody who has had to meet Maggie Buckley's parents who have mm. come to collect the body. He actually says that he's seeing them at one point. Yeah, and yeah, It's like, you know, well, this isn't, I mean, to me, that's not justice for them. That's, she doesn't mm. have to go through this trial and she killed their daughter for, for money. And her daughter, their daughter's yeah, only, yeah. you know, only thing that she did n- not even wrong it was she just fell in love with someone who died and that's yeah, horrible yeah. it and is tragic yeah. and her cousin then killed her and it's like poirot though decides yeah well you know she should be allowed to just mm. escape justice in in some way
1: yeah i think you know and framing that within the context of obviously Poirot mysteries take place in a in a time where there is capital punishment. Mm. And because there is capital punishment, the fact that Poirot is a detective par excellence who can prove people's guilt without a shadow of doubt means that this will come up frequently. He, you know, to be found guilty in one of those drawing room scenes is functionally to be sentenced to death mm. uh, in many cases. And in this case, so in this case, the, the nuance of Pyro's decision is he gives her the choice to make some decisions about how that occurs. Um, and, and he even says that explicitly, you know, uh, the lawyer, Charles is it Charles he says, uh, yeah, Charles yeah, says, I suppose I should try and arrange some kind of defense for her, but he says it in a way that makes it very clear that there is no defense for her because Pyro has solved the mystery. Mm. Um, and, um, and she's even kind of copped to it as they always do in the drawing room scene. And, and, and Pyro says, no, that will not be necessary. Um, you know, because this is, this is, this is kinder than the hangman's mm. rope. And that is still like, you're completely right, not his decision to make, apart from the fact that it kind of is because it's his show, but that's not sufficient, right? Really?
0: It's he, because he's the smartest person in the room, I think he equates that quite often with uh, therefore, I mean, it does give him a certain amount of power. You know, nobody else has figured out the the drugs in the watch Mm. thing who didn't already know about them for the actual purposes of taking those drugs yeah and so, and it, I, or actually well no because hastings know at that point
1: i don't think hastings knows at that point think, but the thing yeah. is as well that like it also that moment also hinges on both um on on freddie lazarus and commander challenger all agreeing with poirot's decision because oh. they're all in the room and they all know.
0: But the thing is, they're her friends, right? Like, and they've just been blindsided by all of this stuff. And the person in charge has essentially shushed them, you know? And yeah. at that point, he also has the power to absolutely incriminate them, which he then goes on to do. But
1: yeah, that's true. Maybe, yeah, they would probably stay quiet because, well, Commander Challenger doesn't want anyone knowing. So, yeah, that's But, like, that's true. it's
0: such a power... Like um, imbalance in that moment, and it just—I don't know—Poirot does that a few times over the course of various series to to greater or lesser effect. You know, Mm. like whether murderers get convicted or not, kind of thing. And you know, it's like he is—that's—that is a problem for me, and it does make him a more interesting character because it's a major flaw. Mm.
2: Um,
0: But. It's interesting and it's not inconsistent with his character, but yeah, he's got a real weakness for pretty high class women.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, oh mm. boy,
1: but yeah, um, so like yeah strange ending but nonetheless uh you know like i say yeah, second and then time then around transitions
0: it. over to the beach where they're just sort of like essentially clinking ice cream cones and having a having a lol
1: You're having a big old lol <laughs> that's how it ends on a big old lol and there are many little lols on the way
0: there really are it's a kind of it's an interesting episode and mm. if you haven't if you haven't watched it a second time I would definitely say it. it is good for that. It's actually... Definitely. It's better the second time around. But yeah. It, it, mm. But welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. <laughs> Hope
1: you enjoyed the new format. Uh, and we, we will continue in this mode, I imagine. With
0: our 60-second recap. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think it's the... Is it The Veiled Lady next? I think next up say? is
1: The Veiled Lady. Mm. And I think the plan will be... um obviously we, we can happily receive questions to uh, questions at com. but I think our plan again will be to do some questions at the very end of the season.
2: Yeah,
0: save than, them up yeah. for a big old Q&A episode. Mm.
1: And I guess given that this is our new format, it's also worth saying that, um, sort of, I guess, watching ahead an episode is a good idea as well so that you've seen the next one.
0: Yeah, and also um, if you have any particular ideas for segments, um, we would be open to suggestions um not necessarily that we would deviate particularly from this formula but i think it's it, because we're trying something new it's kind of interesting to get feedback or yeah absolutely or if It'd be good to know people like that'd be great that that is a glaring omission but i think we've covered i think we've covered most of the bases
1: i th- i think so
0: i mean we covered all of my notes and i don't think there was anything else that i'd wanted I just, to just i did about. write was hastings heart, heart lemon I don't think so, though. I really love just their friend dynamic.
1: Well, that's your decision.
0: They're just so different. He's such an optimist, and she is such a realist. They would drive each other crackers.
1: Oh, but they obviously get on. And, oh, I don't. Yeah, know.
0: they get on.
1: <laughs> I just, I just want everyone to be happy. They work Look.
0: together. They have bands. It's great. Miss Lemon bands, best kind of bands.
1: Bands and more. But that's all the bantam more that we've got time for i think
0: not talking to you anymore
1: okay <laughs> oh and thank you to our, uh the anyone who who backs the crane crowbar on patreon thank you very much because yeah, that, that does that's help how us we
0: end up being able to do this nonsense yeah. uh
1: yes indeed <laughs> so thank you very much for that and uh you can find out more about that patreon.com forward slash Creighton crowbar if that is of interest that is all my plugs and i'll be quiet now
0: well and if you want to uh follow the creighton crowbar i was gonna say the creighton crowbar network
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's at creighton crowbar on twitter and mm. on youtubes and on we're well, not on facebook no nah <laughs> but yeah anything else i don't think so in that case, enjoy our new outro music.
1: Oh yeah, and it, w- you, all, you all also <laughs> have enjoyed our intro music. Okay. I don't think we actually have outro music.
0: Oh, well, I mean, would we not play the intro music again?
1: We could do. And right. now I feel like we must. And while we're on the subject, actually, thank you to Mike Debenham for the music, and thanks to John Ward for our lovely new cover art for the podcast.
0: Ooh. Ooh. I about that. Indeed. Oh, this is so exciting. Indeed. We're entirely new-looked. Make over. And You've made that really
1: awkward (laughs) I know I didn't know how It's true And what else Just to say about it No that's fair And will this out to ever end
0: No We should just cut it Bye
1: Bye